I read that little clip from, from uh, Newsweek, I think it was, on dominionism. Dominionism is, is Christian reconstructionism light, but they are not, as, as the article even seemed to imply, just a marginal off to the corner aspect of the new religious right. They have inculcated their, their worldview into the entire mainstream politically active Christian community. And it is, it is frightening. If you read their vision of America, it's an Old Testament republic uh, administered by Old Testament laws that would give in their charity uh, several months, uh, um, what's the word, transition time to people. But after the transition, uh, gays, adulterers and Sabbath breakers, and they mean Sunday breakers, mandatory death. That's, that's the logic that lies behind this group that, that, that on a spectrum, obviously, uh, 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 diffuses uh, the whole religious uh, uh, faction that are wanting political power. But the, the, the concept of dominionism is well accepted. It's a Christian idea from the Bible that God gave us dominion over this creation. And so there's a trust that we're to, you know, to take all of the goods out of the land, we're to drill wherever we can, and we are to administer the country as we want because we are God's proxies here. Uh, and, and so I, you just encourage them by voting uh, 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 something that, 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 that enshrines in law a, a Christian view of marriage. Further, and you touched on it, what it does... Uh, it gives to the state a definition of marriage that it shouldn't be is to make. It, it's to make. The state can call it marriage. It can call it a common law arrangement. It can call it whatever. But uh, the, the Reformation, certainly if no other dynamic, has established that the spiritual things are, are, are administered by the church and the state deals with civil relationships. Now, if they've legalised gay activity, it's not illogical that people that live together, the state would grant them visitation rights, inheritance rights and all the rest. But that's not marriage. They can call it marriage, but it's not marriage. A marriage has to be sanctified uh, in a church environment. And so if you turn it around the other way, for the state to call it marriage, and if religionists are satisfied that it's marriage, what have you done? You've made the state the arbiter of what the church accepts as a formal uh, biblical-based marriage, and, and I wouldn't give it to them. So you're saying we should vote either way? Uh, we don't tell you how to vote, <laughs> but, but I, I think it's unfortunate, and, and, and I'm saying this, and some of you know that this union took a certain stance uh, toward this that was a little at odds with the rest of the division, and, and we don't think badly of them for it, because there is a certain argument that we should, we, you know, we should use the power of vote, as Ellen White did with... with uh, with uh, the, 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 the prohibition uh, thing and temperance. But I, I, I would be, be nervous of it again to reiterate on these two basic things. First of all, don't let the state define what marriage is. The church should define it. And secondly, even if this was some value, it's, it's overarched uh, by the empowerment that you give to this religious faction who have a bigger agenda than just this. It's too late in the peace. And, and you know, go, let's go back to it. I've, I've felt way before I was with Liberty magazine that, that uh, any Christian should, should have a viewpoint on abortion. I'm not saying that the, the state doesn't have rights to allow something like that, but abortion as it's administered 
you know, just in a casual way and, 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 and the culling of human life. That's opposed to God's principle. There's no question on that. You know, Albert Schweitzer, who was not a quite your kosher Christian, but he had a principle that he got from the Bible. It was called reverence for life. God is the life giver. And anyone that is gratuitously killing, whether it's killing, uh, you know, uh, de- developing children or cutting down trees or, 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 or belching out stuff from their factory, knowing that it will poison the neighbourhood, those people are opposed to God. It's that simple. What, is, what does it say in the Bible? It says God is coming to destroy those who destroy the earth. So we should have an opinion on that. We should have had an opinion derived from that of, of, uh, uh, of ecological awareness. Uh, we should be opposed to war, not just because a Christian shouldn't kill, but war destroys the, the image of God throughout society. We should have all these opinions, positions. We don't take any of them. And then suddenly we get stirred up on one thing and we go tilting against gays. It's not really right. We should do that, but... We should have a whole waterfront of, of, of concerns for, for what's happening around about us in society where, where immorality and, 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 a, and, a, and a drifting away from God's way is so evident. The difference between what we should do and the religious right is that we point people to God and to godly living, not to political change. They've chosen the wrong weapon to solve the problem. Their concerns are correct. We should share them. On practically every one of these points with the religious right, we theologically have reason to agree with them. Uh, you know, in, 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 like Hollywood and the you can go on and on. All of these things, mostly we're silent on, but all of them we should share the same concern. It's how you go about it that's the, that's the difference. And so this Proposition 8 is not a question of whether our church is pro-gay. It should not be, and our, and our doctrines are most consistent with the biblical... I mean, they uphold the biblical view. It's, on, it's, it's a bit like the Vatican. We have stuff hidden away, some action taken somewhere. But it's plain. At the, at the General Conference, we have statements on, on, on gay lifestyle and that. We're not going to change on that. But we, 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 uh, we don't put these out. We're just sort of silent until suddenly a litmus issue comes along and Adventists are gung-ho to be involved in, and then we have an internal fight. And it's very, I'm very sorry that, that we had one union pushing this way and one the other. But I've tried to give you our position. Uh, and I talked to our, our church leadership on it, and they had the same reticence about uh, Adventists going boots and all into something like Proposition 8. Three more questions. Okay, here's one. Yeah. Well, it's kind of on the same subject because I am getting a little bit confused about what position we... I know what position we should take as far as our belief and our understanding, but as far as voting, because because the right made put forth a law that they want that they shouldn't have, if we don't vote for that, we're actually saying that we're for the other, and that doesn't make well, any sense to me either. It, it can come to that position, <laughs> but it isn't really like Well, that. my other thing was, too, is how how much should we even be how much should we get involved? I mean, like Mrs. White, she got very involved in temperance and she got involved in the abolitionist movement and all that. How much do we get involved with things, for instance, abortion? Shouldn't yeah. we have been out there really well, that's what being I just involved? Said. Yeah. I think we should have been very vocal on it. It's just Lincoln, what can we I, were calling. one thing to it? Because I've I, I got to ask this. Ellen White said specifically with alcohol that if the government licenses it, 
condones it and is accountable to God in the judgment for doing that. What is the difference between that and gay marriage? Because if the government <laughs> says that this is marriage, we, we ought to prevent our, our country from doing that. And she was very emphatic that if you license it, you approve it, and you're going to have to answer to God, the government. What's well, the, the, God, the, the, the government has to answer for everything. You know, people misuse Paul's statement, and, she, and Ellen White says they will misuse it at the very end when there's a Sunday law. Paul says, you know, the... the, the uh, the the um, what's the word he used for the government the um, uh, anyhow the government exercises the sword not in vain it's on behalf of God it doesn't mean what the government does is God's will it means that the government has assumed in the civil sphere the prerogative of God uh, you know God is is the ultimate ruler at the end of the day we do believe that God should rule everything the reason that we're opposed to uh, mixing church and state or having someone rule like the, the, the kings did by divine right, figuring they're spiritual and secular, is that you're dealing with imperfect human beings who can't know the will of God. So they'll confuse their will with God's. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm trying to think back to the original point there. Uh, on, on voting, uh, you sh- first of all, read Liberty Magazine in, in our January... I've got to think of which issue it is. I've just put it together. It must be the... Uh, no, it's the November-December issue. We have an article uh, derived from a, a, a paper at, at, at Andrews University yeah, on how Adventists got into politics, Adventists and political issues. They had a huge debate in the early Adventist church as to whether they should vote at all and whether they should get involved with the temperance question. And, and Ellen White, in that context, made this incredible statement so important you should vote on Sabbath. Uh, she also said, as far as political, direct political involvement, that any pastor or, or teacher, in other words, any church worker who's involved with partisan uh, party interests should resign or be fired. Uh, and, and because of that, with that sort of warning and you know, extrapolating from that, we are very reticent and, and, and hopefully the church that I know of has never... Uh, stoop to what the religious right has done where they tell the members vote this party or, or, or this way on this issue that we've never given out voter lists or lists of different uh, uh, candidates and you know where they stand on it or where they're voted if they're elected on these things we're not into that sort of a thing we deal with actual issues uh, but, and then she also said that if you vote do it very carefully because you bear some responsibility if, if Empowered by your vote that that legislator does egregious things, uh, you, you bear some guilt. How that, that derived guilt affects your salvation, who am I to say? Uh, uh, it, it could be that these are, as Paul says, you know, some sins are, are affect your salvation and, and, and some, or your damnation and some don't. Uh, but, but we need to feel moral culpability. But I, I think it's, it's good that our church through its religious liberty department, has cautioned people against uh, uh, being too politicised, even as we have on the particular issue of temperance, being very politically active. But it's interesting to me that, uh, that Ellen White said that God's punishment was, was uh, against the South because uh, of slavery. She, she, put, she put that as a purely moral question. But when the Civil War broke out, uh, the recommendation to Adventists was to be uh, uh, basically neutral and to push for non-combatancy, so they were not to act on it in a civil way. And at the end of the day, we're pushing for spiritual solutions. 
But, you know, you've got to let your conscience be the guide on these things. But on the gay marriage thing, I do believe we've got it a little after the fact. The real problem with our society was accepting gay behaviour. And that, we're way beyond it now. We let that go by. We, we stood by while our society shifted its attitude toward the, 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 the uh, clearly, um, uh, not just the churches, society itself once thought that that was immoral. Once they've been given standing, civil standing, I think it's almost meanness to try to stop them having certain civil rights that flow from that. I mean, I'm not in favour of, of, of empowering the gay community, but still, I mean, it's, that's not the point to give your last stand. It should have been when we accepted it. And it's happened very quickly. You know, I can remember when a college president, Adventist college president, was out like that because he was caught soliciting in a men's room. I'm not so sure it would happen today. We've really come a long, long way. And as Christians too, it was in 19... Better get my year straight. I'd say it was about 1978 when I was in Australia... I got material from Adventist kinship and I read that stuff through carefully and I saw their, their very self-serving biblical exposition trying to talk away the, the problem in Sodom as just inhospitality and, you know, and things like that, <laughs> presenting themselves as regular Adventists. And I told them, I said, we got trouble. One day someone from this organisation is going to appear on national TV and speak as an Adventist and we got trouble. How will you... you uh, you, you talk this away. It isn't just here's the, the, you know, the crazy immoral world saying something and the church is against it. No, it's, 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 it's everywhere. And, and somehow we personally got to stand firm on moral principles and not depend on the state or even the church to solve it all for you. In regards to religious liberty, uh, here in the States, it looks like uh, it's clear uh, religious liberty um, to a certain extent um, is aware as to what is happening uh, in the government. You know. How is this, when you look at uh, the church worldwide, do we well, have religious liberty? That, but you've given me an angle, I need to explain something. You, uh, religious liberty, practically speaking, doesn't seem overly threatened in the United States. But I think it's, it's, it's a slight illusion, uh, or at least you need to understand what's really happening. For religious liberty in the United States, there's really two key elements based on the Constitution. The First Amendment says Congress shall make no law establishing religion nor prevent the free exercise thereof. Uh, free exercise of religion, in spite of this uh, silliness about religion in schools and so on, is really not being threatened. The establishment side is a huge battle and that's where the religious rights say no separation of church and state. On the establishment front, uh, I mean, the battle is hard and heavy and I believe that once that battle is over and some privileged, it won't be a a denomination, but one privileged, some privileged religious bloc uh, uh, move in with the government, then instantly... Free exercise will, will radically change for the worst. But right now, I mean, why? None of the factions that are wanting more religious prerogatives are going to restrict you. I mean, it's too early. It's only when they get, as was it Madison? Yeah, I think it was Madison said that, you know, any sect that can gain control that can then turn around and restrict the other sects. 
That's the dynamic that we're part of, but at the moment it's an establishment battle, not a free exercise. But yeah, I, I explained that in other parts of the world, there's some egregious stuff going on. Uh, where, where are you from originally? Zimbabwe. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, of uh, isn't it Rwanda at the moment? There's, there's, we ran a story where we found that the, uh, the family, which is a right-wing club, if you like, of religionists in Washington, had sponsored a number of programs in, in, uh, in uh, Rwanda uh, where they were speaking against gays and, and how the, the, you know, the Old Testament prohibition and so on. And at the minute they left, one of the legislators there brought in a proposal that uh, it's extreme form mandates a death sen- sentence for unrepentance, re- repentant uh, homosexuality. So we, we know in some of these test cases or fringes, if you like, where the logic of what they're pushing in this country ends up or what their wishes really are. But they're going undercover here. Uh, Zimbabwe... Uh, I did hear something from there. What you should do is go on to the, uh, uh, I think on uh, the IRLA website, International Religious Liberty Association, you should find online a copy of their annual report. Our church does an annual report uh, pretty much of every country of of interest uh, specifying the state of religious liberty and particularly on our report what's happened to Adventists in that country. we don't have problems in every country, but most countries at the moment, more than ever before in, in, in the history of our church, we see uh, uh, difficulties for the practice of religion and more and more overt harassment and, and indeed even uh, violence against Christians and, and a lot of Adventists. Which <laughs> Last night we were, um, you were talking about... Um, <clears throat> Some you know, guns on either side, and and oh, in in uh, Ambon, in Indonesia, and and, uh, and I was just wondering if we if you were advocating not to you you know take up a gun and fight. For no, I, I hope I made a plan. We shouldn't become part of such a problem. Yeah. So so then maybe another way of phrasing it, and it must have been discussed at conference or something like this, as it relates to gays. What's going to happen when the government comes to you? as an Adventist or a church, and says, you've got to marry these two, uh, well, that's, these, that's these two the people. Test, isn't it? That's, and, that's and, the next and step. It, and, it may, and it may have been, it should have been, it's probably been discussed. What would the church, or what is, what, what is the church's feeling on this? How are they going to approach this? That's exactly what we expect. That's what started uh, the, the, uh, the liberty uh, issue that I mentioned. Because Barry Bussey, who was at that time the, the PAL director in Canada, believed that we were at that time just months away, it hasn't happened yet, from some Adventist pastor declaring himself uh, uh, gay and daring the church to, uh, to fire him. Uh, in Canada, we would have serious troubles. Now, uh, uh, there's a case at the moment, in fact, uh, in the next couple of weeks, the Supreme Court will hear oral arguments in it that has some bearing on this. Uh, it's... it's uh, um, uh, the title is Hosanna Tabor versus, I forget what the other is, but it's the US government basically. Uh, it's a case brought by a woman working at a, at a, uh, a, 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 a Lutheran school. She taught uh, 
history, I think. But anyhow, she was not teaching religion, but as part of her teaching duties, she did teach a couple of religion classes and now and then took a, a chapel. But she's in a religious college and they fired her, they say... Uh, uh, no, they fired her, they said, just because it was their right. She says because uh, she had narcolepsy. Now, it's going to the Supreme Court because there's, there's a... Uh, uh, a law or a legal allowance that all churches have had called ministerial exemption. Uh, if, it's, if it's not just the ministers, it's, it's a bit of a misnomer, but ministers and all religious workers of a church, since it's recognised that you have a belief system and so on, you're given an exemption from things like uh, race bias or gender bias and all the rest. It, it, it doesn't come up. The state has an interest in it, but they figure it's so complicated it may be tied up to your religious beliefs that hands, they, you know, their hands are off. And now with this case, the Supreme Court is revisiting whether uh, a church should have an exemption from things like gay rights, from, from uh, uh, someone, uh, age bias or whatever, in, in, not only in the ministry but in church employment. I do not think that this Supreme Court will do away with it because it's actually mostly conservative. But I have to try to double-guess them. Why did they take the case on? The Supreme Court doesn't take every case that comes to them. They see the stuff bubbling up and they choose uh, cases that, that might prove a bigger point. I'm inclined to think that they'll narrow the, the uh, exemption that the church has. If they do, that might give an angle to this. We might find that the, the, the courts are holding a church accountable even though... Uh, you know, they might allow that the pastor has to believe the doctrines that the church holds generally, but if he's declared himself gay and they accept, as the state does now, this is a state of being, not a moral choice you've made, that he can't help it and you can't discriminate against him. So it's dynamic. Things could happen very quickly. And look again, look in Liberty magazine. We've got an article in uh, uh, September, October and another one in, in October, November, and, and probably next year sometime we'll have one after the case. Uh, I think it's a very important case and could bear directly on it. You and I think that, but we'll see. Uh, I believe in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fourth generation Seventh-day Adventist and, and that troubled me when I was growing up because uh, you know, I wasn't as committed as I could until my late teens or actually early 20s even. Uh, and so I studied it to try to disprove it and it convinced myself and, and, and changed my, my whole spiritual awareness. Uh, but... but uh, you know, that's a way to tell you, I mean, I'm really committed in the, to the Adventist church. I believe Ellen White was a prophet and without her prophetic role, it, it hardly stands. All of that's a given. But I know how human beings are. I know what we've done in the past and how our church compromised, say, in communist countries. I would expect, even when we have the Sunday law, you will find some elements of our church structure even probably will issue something like when the Sunday law comes. You'll probably get some, maybe it's in a union paper or something. You'll get, expect to see something like, you know, in as much as our country is in a great time of distress and, and while we acknowledge, uh, uh, you know, that, that God, we only exist by God's favour and we know, yes, that separation of church and state, but recognising the emergency 
and, and this, this family rest day and, and the call to worship and ask God's favour, we would say that our, you know, our members should, should uh, go along to church on Sunday as well as Saturday or something. I, I'm sure there'll be a weasel statement. That's just the nature of human beings. Uh, uh, I remember when I went to, uh, to the uh, Hungarian church in Australia, I sat down with a couple that had just come back from, from, uh, from Hungary, and I'm sure I should remember my geography. They had tried to smuggle Sabbath school lessons across the border to the other communist country next door. Uh, and they were turned in by the pastor's wife. Uh, and, and, and the logic was that they were causing trouble for the church by doing such a thing. Uh, I doubt the pastor's wife and the others that supported her thought that, that they were attacking the church. They just saw these people as troublemakers. And I'm sure that there will be factions within the church that will, will you know, want peace. I remember my father went to the church in Bulgaria once and he found that they'd imprisoned seven pastors there because they were uh, uh, encouraging the members to keep their children at home rather than send them to church on, on Sabbath. Uh, and the church had disfellowshipped all of them. And, and when he went there as a guest of the government, they, he found out and he says, why have you imprisoned these people? And he says, well, your own church says that they're dissidents. Uh, and, and he says, no, they're not. Unless you release them, you know, I'll tell everyone that this is not a free country. Uh, you know, the, the human beings act very funny in, 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 in situations. And I never would have believed on this gay marriage thing that I would have a couple of uh, top people in the church you know, from a meeting in front of hundreds of people say we should accept gays, practising gays. I mean, you've got to make the distinction. What I've, I've tried to tell people, there's a difference between practice and proclivity. You cannot condemn someone for a proclivity to anything. We all have varied proclivities. The Bible calls us to practise godliness, to live a new life, and, and we'll carry a lot of proclivities with us. But as far as practising uh, gays or practising thieves, practising murderers, we can't accept such people into, uh, into fellowship. We can witness to them, we can relate to them as human beings. Uh, but I never thought that I would hear people publicly, uh, church leaders, not just fellow members, say we should accept this. So just because something seems at great odds with what we hold, don't think it will never happen. So you need to study your Bible, understand the principles of separation of church and state and be prepared to do the right thing regardless. Yeah, you're the one that says last. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you um, explaining certain things regarding like what happened on 9-11 with the Patriot Act and one other thing, of course, that came gave us the ability to go around the world and kill whoever we wanted to be considered a terrorist nation. Yeah. So that just opened, opened doors for basically torture, which America embraced... 100%, like you said, even the religious right. Very unfortunate. Which, I don't which, think it was which done was, with malice, but it, we've fallen into the trap and, and it undercuts our own sensibilities. Yeah, and basically we know that while this whole grid is being set up for the remnant church at the end time. They could use terrorists as, as an excuse, right-wing extremists right. or whatever, veterans. They can use all this and we know that it's being used for the end time remnant. And so I appreciate you bringing that up because a lot of people believe, oh, you know, that's all not going to happen and everything is dandy here in America. Yeah. So when it, coming, when it comes down to it, when all bets are off and basically everybody's going to be standing on their own. And, and one example was when he mentioned about, you know, they're going to force what, the tank going down your, your street and well, Homeland Security. Careful, this man doesn't like Okay, yeah. 
Homeland Security knocking on your door and saying that you need to go to the nearest FEMA camp or whatever, go get your vaccine at Walmart. I'm not saying that's uh, necessarily going to happen. I'm not saying you said but you things are. things like that could happen. Could. Yeah, right. You've seen it in third world countries. Right. So you probably, you know, we, we came from Cuba and we saw that in Cuba happen. So, yeah. so basically, what, what do we, it's just a two-part question. Basically, what do you think as, as, as Seventh-day Adventists, as Christians, should we just give in to government when it comes to that point and say, yes, we're just going to follow along with it, or should there be any resistance? I know you said in those third world countries they picked up arms. I personally think we should just give in, give and, in? And, and only okay. speak out against issues of morality and, and, and spirituality. I'm saying physical from the military picking you up. Jesus had a couple of zealots uh, that were his followers, but he didn't encourage them. Okay. You know, there was a, a rebellion in his day, but he... Unless you have a revisionist explanation of the Gospels, you know, I read one the other day that it interprets Jesus standing up in the temple as basically a, a call to rebellion, but, you know, okay. it really isn't so. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, uh, no, I guess you're you, you've got a, you, you do have a private life as a citizen, but, but uh, I, I don't believe a Christian citizen really has any uh, charter uh, from the Bible to take up uh, finally violent means against the state. Okay. Uh, and the other one would be, should, by your experience, do you think we should be getting out of the cities? Well, Ellen White says we should, but you know, you're, you're sort of out of the city, and I come from Australia, and, and, and this man knows a bit of it. You think you're out of the city. You could go to Australia, but you wonder if a human being ever went there and recorded history. So it's all relative. Uh, but all Ellen White's talking about when she says that is to just get out of the immediate line of fire. And, and she couldn't have fully known what we know now, but technology can track you anywhere, even from space. And, 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 and you know, the predators, uh, not much evidence that they're floating overhead here, but, you know, they do it in other countries. They're watching people all the time. And, and, and I can tell you little snippets that are sort of curious, but uh, just the other day I heard... Uh, a news item on the radio that they're beginning to equip the police with a little handheld device. Now it's down to a couple of hundred dollars that will scan your iris. Now in, in Iraq, all the soldiers on parade, uh, patrol rather in, in Baghdad, as they encounter someone, they scan their iris quickly and it goes into a database on the computer connected uh, by the internet. And, and, and you know, they can tell if he's a guy they've seen as a terrorist. If not, uh, you know, he goes into the database. But now they're going get, to get it here. And what they said was more interesting wasn't just something they'll stick in your eye when they encounter you. The policeman can be standing on a street corner and he can scan the iris of people even on the other side of the street. Uh, and, and, and they said, you can, you can disguise yourself all, the while, all you want. I remember going out on the, the helicopters with the Metro Day police, uh, the ones that you see on TV with the big flash or the big searchlights. That's just to panic people. They have uh, 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 thermal sensors in those things and... And on the darkest night, even if you're hiding halfway under a rock, it lights you up. <laughs> it's incredible. There's, there's really no hiding place. What you can do, though, is get yourself out of the line of, of fire because usually riots and, and dislocations come down uh, in, in the big city areas. People know more what you're doing. You can be in these, what does she call it, retired country homes. But when the Sunday law comes, she said, just go for your life. Uh, but uh, a lot of people think they can be self-sufficient, have a garden. They don't realize Ellen White says they'll come steal your garden 
when there's a time of trouble. And you mentioned FEMA. I've read it. FEMA says specifically your gardens are to be appropriated. Uh, so that there's, there's claims made against all of us that most of us don't realise. Or I'll put it another way. I'm, I'm not, I don't feel harassed daily in this country by any means compared to most. It's a wonderful place. But a structure has been put in place that most people don't realise but certainly enabling for what we expect prophetically. Uh, and, and when you think about it, uh, you know, I studied American history more than most people. I was a history major. I had lots of American history. And it impressed me years ago that what those guys went to civil war with England against over pales next to what we all accept day in, day out. And, and may, all may not be so egregious, but on their definition, we're just in a whole different universe. Uh, so, you know, we, we, at the end of the day, we need to trust God. We can't be paranoid, but we can't deny it either. We're, we're in a model that, that, that uh, you know, people in Bible times or even in early Adventism could hardly have imagined the, the, the tentacles of control of both uh, Satan's system and of just technology. Uh, it certainly, uh, in my view, argues that, that the end of all things is upon us. But before that comes, that's the one last article I wrote in the review. Sunday's Coming was the title I had. Sunday's Coming. By the way, I, I made that title for Ed Reed's book, so I wasn't stealing. <laughs> but Sunday's Coming, but first. And I believe first there has to be a revival. There has to be a loud cry. There has to be a, a, a proclamation in, in, in this difficult situation of what God wants to do with the world, not what globalists or, or, or neocons or anyone else wants to do. Well, thank you very much for indulging me and, and, and inviting me here. And thank you for so many of you coming for the size of the church. This is a wonderful uh, turn up in the afternoon. And please support Liberty Magazine, particularly in our religious liberty work. Thank you so much for coming. And I know it was a sacrifice because you have to sacrifice some time away from your family to be here with this family. And that's not always easy to do. We want to stand and have prayer, and then there's a couple of young ladies who have an offering plate back there. If you leave uh, and you would like to give, we would appreciate that as well, too. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we know time is running out. Jesus is coming soon. Instead of looking at as a dark, heavy, scary time, this is really what all the prophets have been looking for is this time period right now that we get the privilege to live in. We'll get to see your power work through us. And we just want to say thank you for allowing dedicated people like Lincoln to come to share with us and to give to us the truth, for it is the truth that will make us free. Dismiss us now with your blessing, for we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.